Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports. Uh, it's today is Wednesday, Wednesday evening. So anything we talk about, uh, you know, if we miss anything that just happens, don't blame us. It's on. It's Wednesday. This will go up tomorrow. Uh, we got a full house again of, of regulars. Nabate's back in the back in the house. Nabate Isles, what's up? All right, what's up? How's everyone doing this evening? Hanging in there. All good. And of course, as you hear, we have the great, great Bill Roden. Yay! There's one person. <laughs> What's up, Bill? Hey, man, how you guys doing? Man, you guys did a tremendous job at the All-Star Game, I must tell you. I saw your post. You were, you were just, like, hitting it, man. You guys were very on top of it, Nabate. I'm like, I, I got to tell Ron Carter about this, Nabate. <laughs> Please tell Mr. Carter, for sure. I will. <laughs> I said, man, no, Nabate's on it, man. But you guys, you guys seem like you really had a great time. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, amazing experience. All-Star Weekend is just nonstop schmooze fest. Which is mm. great, you know, which is great. And you catch up with people, and, and it's awesome, you know. And the game, no one cares about the game. Yeah, not it's at a, all. It's just about catching up and, 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 and networking. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. No, but you guys really did some good stuff. You asked some really great, you know, great questions. Uh, really good stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely uh, people can check that out at Bros Pod on Twitter, at Bros Pod on Instagram, uh, Bill Roden on Sports on Facebook. We put all that stuff up, a lot of content. Up there, and like you said, we had a great time out in Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte did a great job hosting well, um, crowds on, you know. Some. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm, uh, I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to big up Charlotte over here. You Come know, on, damn Nabate. Okay, first of all, can I ask you a question? How yes. many All Star games was this for each of you? So, because I want to find the context of do you, what do you have to compare it to? Oh, I don't, that's only two for me. I've been to uh, five. Okay, so. Yeah. What, now, what are the previous four? Uh, previous four, pretty much the last five. On New York in 2015, um, Toronto in 2016, New Orleans 2017, and, and Los Angeles 2018. Now, so. how, how did this one rank? It, you know, in terms of first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Mm. Uh, I would say fifth wow. compared to those really? Which one yeah. was the best? Now, New York, but how, now, how great was New York great? Well, well, New York was spread out, very spread out, because you had, but they had the two arenas with the Barclays Center and with Master Square Garden. Um, but I would say Los Angeles was great because the LA Live, it was all there. Right, right. that's the um, one I was at. Yeah. What, what about New Orleans? That's the one I wish I was at. New Orleans was good because everything was very close together. Right, you know, in New right. Orleans, I think, and and New Orleans it was short notice too because remember it was right. supposed to be in Charlotte twenty seventeen. Oh, that's right. And New Orleans was able to turn it around, but they did have All Star Weekend, I believe, in twenty fourteen or thirteen. So it was it was pretty close right. together. So they were already prepared, and whatever mistakes they made in it at the previous time, they were able to correct those really quickly. And yeah, you can't so, go wrong with New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, whether that uh, yeah. was for a college championship or a Super Bowl mm-hmm. or whatever, it's That's just right. something about walking. You can walk around. That's right, and it has. You know. the, I mean, the culture and and just the mystique of the city. Mm-hmm. So, but what what I, mean, I know we'll talk about this later. But what could Charlotte have done better, or can it do anything? Is it just Charlotte? Just, what, are you, what are you saying about that? Just the infrastructure, and also the uh, not 
you know, the light rail, the alteration of the light rail, not stopping yeah, <laughs> near the weird. arena. That didn't make any sense. That's like equivalent to New York not stopping at Penn Station. <laughs> He's going you know, right. having you walk from Times Square right. now. Right. Next stop, the block. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like they couldn't they couldn't take the sec- the security was almost too much for them. They like like Nabate said, they literally had to shut all shut off the station that that's that's right next to the, mm-hmm. the arena. Mm-hmm. So so if you took the train, you had to take it a stop past and walk back. Right. And oh, then, wow. And then he blocked off a lot of the arena as well, where you have to walk all the way around to get to the press. Like it was, right. it was like a, like a, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a, a gate. It was a gate all the way around. So that was, mm. so mm. But, what, what was good. Oh, oh no! Like just the the nice hospitality of the city. You right, know, everyone right. was Southern charm. Right. Yeah, the southern. Yeah, and and also, but the traffic was crazy yeah, downtown. Was like crazy. like I was saying, a very small downtown. It's not not spread out. Not a lot of roads that you can go around. You would have to really go around. You know, take a detour, major detour, to be able to get to where you have to get. Right. So, um, but but no, I think. But the city itself, people were very lovely. Um, and everything, and 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 just and, and especially the the cab drivers and the mm-hmm. people that were there around in the area, very helpful in where you know directing you where to go. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of people in the streets, uh, which was good and bad. I mean, you know, you had a lot of people enjoying themselves afterwards. So you got to see you know what Charlotte had to offer, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, the first night we were there, we had to we had to navigate between huge crowds just to get. To the media, right? Um, you know, the, what was the hospitality? Yeah, the hospitality. Hospi- exactly. That was like a maze, a labyrinth yeah, to get was, to. That was serious. And, and then the security was very heavy. And the player hotel, the players hotel, was like eight tenths of a mile from right. <laughs> from the arena too. Right. So mm. that was that was a little spread out. You know, it was spread out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chicago's gonna be pretty good. It'll be oh. cold though. Chicago's Ooh. gonna be, you know, because Chicago, Chicago. Right. Right. Oh, whoa. Right. Weather's going to be too much, that's yeah. for sure. Well, that, that, that could be a little tough. A la, a, la Toronto. a la Toronto and New York, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I mean, what can you, well, they've never, maybe, maybe Hawaii, well, they should get yeah, a franchise. That'd be great. Ooh, that would be nice. In Vegas, remember when it was in Vegas Ooh. that time? Well, I was they'll probably never have in Vegas. Again. In Miami, when they when they're going back to Miami, come on, that's seriously. Be... <laughs> seriously. Yeah, yeah. Well, all things in time, my brothers. Yes, Bill, you, Bill, you should make these requests. You know, you know what I'm saying. They listen to you. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. But uh, that was good, though. Good, good job. You guys turned in some good, uh, good stuff. And I know Debate, you got some. You know, you you you, you collared a lot of people to come on the show. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, we were out there. We were out there hounding. People. And I, I will say this: I listen. I, I was listening to a lot of stuff. You know, um, and uh, I watched the game. I thought the game was. I thought the. Uh, I thought the game itself was. You know, these things could go either way, and that's always a big deal in these all-star games. They could go either way, and I thought that. Uh, you know, I thought the game itself was pretty entertaining. You know, particularly mm-hmm. at the very end when the guys decided to take it seriously, right? Uh, and how they overcame that twenty-point lead. I thought that was great. And you guys tell me the dunk contest, man. They got to really. I don't know what y'all think, man. I think they really got to. You know, it's not like, you know, like nineteen seventy-six. You know, when <laughs> the dunk was new. I mean, yeah, not new, but you know, it was like exciting, and you didn't see Doctor Jenna. You know, this man. Yeah, I'm not. You know, who's brother brought the airplane and? Oh, that was John just, Collins. That was just terrible. 
But you know, but his first dunk was outstanding. Oh, but but and nobody saw it. It was so quick. It was, <laughs> it was like you know, like he grabbed one side of, of the, the backboard, backboard and, and came up on the other. Came on the other with and switched hands. Too, but he did it so like fast that. that when you when you see it in, in real time, you were like, okay, it's like, you really couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. You needed a replay for that, right? And I was like, the worst thing your your mate could say is that. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> no question. But shout out to Hamadou Diallo. Shout yeah. out to him, Left Rack City from right. Left Rack City. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up there in Left Rack City, Regal Park area. Okay. And, All right. And he, um, but he came up with some greats. I mean, dunked clear over Shaq. Didn't have, to, didn't have to boost off of him. It was clear. Tiny you know, no, no, not at all. Tiny. Oh, no, it wasn't. I, I, he clearly jumped right. over and then, oh. Right. My goodness, wow. Shaq, Shaq did just, just a barely noticeable, barely perceptible nod of his head. Just like <laughs> oh, at the last oh. minute, he said, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then when Hamadou's legs were swinging, Shaq was like, let me get out the way. <laughs> I know, I said, what? I do, I do think they got to they gotta chill out with, with the number of chances they get. Mm-hmm. Like Dennis right. Smith Jr., he, you know, he tried the drunk about eight times. Yeah, I and mean, then, right. but the t- but but most of the times he didn't actually attempt the dunk. It was is that, just jump. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's what it was. But it's three attempts. It's oh, three really? Attempts. Yeah, yeah it's three. So attempts. it doesn't kind of attempt if if you don't make if, contact with the rim, or right? Something. So right. it's like a it's like a tennis serve. Yeah, yeah. You, you can throw the ball up. <laughs> and that's all good. Right, right. Okay. But how, how long would it, how many times can you do that? Like if you're doing tennis, how many times can you just throw it up, stop? I guess forever. Throw it up, stop. It could take an hour. Yeah, you could take an hour. Yeah, right. You know. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, did y'all think the real one or the, the, the winner really won? Oh, Hamadou? Absolutely. Every, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, I think he won it. He was the best dunker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've heard people complaining about, uh, well, you know, he only get, he only plays about eight minutes a game, so nobody really knows these guys. And that, that might be Well, they do. I, I think they do these stars. I mean, right. they, you know, I, I guess I, they, they're saying that uh, – um. Yeah, I think they still need the stars. Yeah. You know, now, I, I, and that's, I'm, you know, the problem is everything is about money. Right. Like LeBron, what do you say? You give him a million dollars, he'll participate. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Right, right. And then you're trying to. Everybody's trying to protect themselves now. You know, yeah. in terms of health wise. Absolutely. You don't need to be out there. You know, expending all that energy and taking chances. Yeah. It's Anthony Davis effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but it was good. It was a good. I mean, you had John Collins, good young up and coming star, averaging nineteen and, and ten. Right. Um, and then you had uh, Dennis Smith, who everyone knows about his dunking prowess and everything. And uh, so yeah, and then you had Hamadou, which yeah, he's someone that doesn't play as much. He's a rookie, um, you know, he's a rookie, but but he has made some contributions right. to the Thunder. You know, for the for the true NBA fans like all of us that and people that follow the sport. And Miles Bridges, the hometown guy, rookie from Michigan State. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so as long as you have that hometown guy, that brings uh, the buzz in the arena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, but all in all, what did you guys think? All in all, you. But in terms of competition, now what about the skills? That you uh, know, that needs to be tweaked a little bit too. Yeah, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, like, it's like almost like, you know, YMCA stuff. All right, now for the YMCA fans, we'll have the skill, you know. It's like, you know, I, I I was about to say I didn't mind it, but I didn't really watch it, to be honest. So I, can't, I guess I yeah, can't me comment. Yeah, me neither. You know, but it, it seems like a decent idea, you know, throw a pass through, a, through the tire, you know, like the, like the football, right. football quarterbacks challenge. You know, they try to throw it in the garbage can. Right. You know, same type of deal. It was a, it was a nice ending, though, because um, I think Trey Young – 
was was beating Jason, uh, Tatum. Jason Tatum, and he was about to take the last shot. So Tatum was behind him and just throws a, throws up a shot from from half court. And, and made it, went it. in. It went and went in. That's how he won. So that was it. Was pretty yeah, that, entertaining that, finish. That unfortunately, I missed that. I didn't yeah. get to see that live. I saw the replay. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never admit that you didn't see it. <laughs> well, to me. I was, was getting in the concession stand. Actually, that's what I was. Saying. I never admit that either. <laughs> that's even worse. <laughs> so, you know, no, I was interviewing you know Bill Russell. So, you know, right, 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 right. No, true, true. <laughs> Editing some some film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, man, that's good. Though. So good, so good times had by all. Very, you guys excited about the second half? Definitely, definitely. So we'll get to the NBA uh, later in the show, no doubt. We'll talk about the second half of the season and uh, how we think that'll shape up. But while we were out in, in oh, Don Newcomb. Oh he man, passed it's, away Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I actually wanted to start the show off. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was ninety-two years old, and. Um, you know, rookie of the year. I think the first, uh, um, yeah, he had a lot of firsts. You know, um, you know. I think he was the first uh, African American to start a World Series game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just and just a big, a, a big force, man. He overcame a lot. Um, I, I was listening to you know they're doing interviews and and they're asking about you know the issues. And he said, Well, I don't have any issues with any players because you know he's like six three, mm-hmm. two hundred. He said, you know, They knew that I hit him. <laughs> he was Bob Gibson before Bob Gibson. Yeah, he said, they, mm-hmm. no, I didn't have anybody. They knew I hit him. <laughs> oh, man. But I used to always see him in the press box whenever I went to uh, Dodger Stadium. Wow. And, uh, every, you know, the only time I really talked to him, I did a documentary, wrote a documentary called Journey of the African-American Athlete. And there was a long interview with Don Newcomb. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just very, very good. But just... Uh, you know, just much respect to uh, to Newcomb, man. Just much respect. Ninety-two has really a a major league baseball life, really well lived, no question about it. And the and the first, uh, yeah, and the first uh, player ever to win Rookie of the Year, Most Valuable Player, and the Cy Young in his mm. career, mm. which is amazing. Winning Most Valuable Player and Cy Young, that's. You know, that's rare to do in one season. We've only had a few pitchers like Roger Clemens in 86 do that. Um, you know, Willie Hernandez, uh, he won the MVP in um, 84, you know, so it's um, in, and Cy Young. So very rare, you know, to have mm. someone like that to do both. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. We kind of went through it when we did Frank Robinson was it last week. Right. And we just start going over what he accomplished, and it's like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, well, how come people didn't know about this guy? I mean, like, amazing. You know, Newcomb stuff was amazing. You know, so God bless him and, you know, and his family. But, um, yeah, just a, you know, a, a major pillar. A jazz fan, major jazz fan, too. Christian McBride mm-hmm. put out a great tweet of a picture of him and Don Newcomb in 1999 from Catalina's, uh, mm. Catalina's Jazz Club in, in L.A., and uh, he acknowledged Don Newcomb in the audience, and then Don Newcomb asked and said said to him, "You know, you two like after the shit after the set, he was like, you too young to know who I am." And then Chris, Christian was like, "Sir, we all recognize true greatness, you know, mm. whatever it is." Mm. So. <laughs> mm, that's great. Yes, yes, that's great. So. That's great. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting because a lot of those guys. You know, I guess the further you go back in time, 
um, there was such a, a and then maybe I don't know about it, maybe the same way that, but there was such a connection between the athletes, you know, like, you know, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and the jazz musicians. I mean, it was just such a, mm-hmm. uh, such a tight bond, you know, uh, Miles and, uh, like, Night Train Lane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Night Train Lane married Diana Washington. Uh, right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is it the same thing now between, you know, uh, musicians and athletes? I mean, maybe it's not jazz, but uh, do you see the same, is it is the same connection? I think so. Oh, very much so with hip hop and mm-hmm. especially hip hop artists and 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 uh, athletes now. Like you know, J Cole is a great picture of LeBron James and J Cole from mm-hmm. from All Star Weekend, like at a at an event at a party. Um, but yeah, such a connection, and a lot of athletes are recording their own material. That's true. Like Kyrie Irving is an R and B singer. Yeah. You know, Uncle Drew soundtrack. He has a song there, and Dame Lillard. Uh, you know, Dame Lillard. Artist. Yeah, you know, Dame Lillard talks about J Cole's his favorite rapper, and he loved to work with J Cole, and he's worked with Lil Wayne and. Mm-hmm. Two chains, mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then you have two um, as well. Victor Oladipo, who does a lot of R and B singing, and, and yep. his 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 EP is off is off the charts. Wow. Really, mm-hmm. really nice EP. Yeah, definitely. E- so, what's that, man? You got decoded. Oh yeah, EP is a, a small is a shorter version of an album. You know, EP oh. is usually. Uh, below thir- thirty minutes or below. That's what an EP is, and then the mm. LP is uh, like forty minutes. So I'm sorry, EP is usually under forty, and then LP over forty, something like that. Mm. Yeah. I've always been fascinated uh, with it. You know, I mean, going back to Jack Johnson and the uh, the Philadelphia Stars, and you know, uh, uh, you know, what, what, I mean, what's what's the nature of the connection? It's oh, interesting. I think. Maybe the popularity of of each, you know, they're both both. If you're a rock star or or a uh, you know a star musician, you just you know you're just so well known around the world. People look up to you. People you know fall, uh, you know fawn over you. And the same thing as a as an athlete. And it always seems like the athletes they wish they were, you know, they were stars either acting or, or singing. And then the singers, singing and the actor stars feel like you know they wish they could play as well as the mm-hmm. professional athlete and get that same type of fame. So I mean, it, it just seems like it's always been that way. And, mm. and it's a good thing because you know a lot of a lot of uh, musicians and and recording artists are, are sports are fans of sports, so they they can get to sit down and relax and watch the athletes do their thing, right. and then vice versa, athletes could go to their concerts and check them out and maybe come on stage sometimes like LeBron with Drake at Staples Center. Right. You know, <laughs> like, you know? right. And then, of course, the Barbershop on HBO, which is a prime example of recording artists like Mary J. Blige, Nas, uh, Ice Cube, Drake, mm. that have been on those episodes with LeBron, you know, so... You mean the thing he stole from me? Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, oh. Yeah, that, you know, Bill, was... Bill had the original Barbershop. You know uh, what? I which remember... I stole from somebody. <laughs> 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 no, no. It's, hey, but that's good. You know, it's all about if you know each it's idea evolution, enhanced. Right? Yeah, you know, enhanced. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying that's like saying on the stage, like, well, well, Dizzy stole something from you know Roy Elder. Roy I, mean, Elders, right. I mean, it doesn't work. It's it's not stealing. It's it's all like a creative give and take and. You know, it's like evolution. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like language. You know, like when we talk, you know, when we uh, give speeches and when we speak in public, we, you know, we take certain sentences, certain phrases from other people. You know, it's just like in jazz. It's that vocabulary. You have to build it by emulating the greats before you. So. All right. All right. 
Well, meanwhile. Well, we got Jamal. Well, Charlotte was good. Yeah, Charlotte know. was good. While, and then, you know, the big news, while we were out in Charlotte, uh, some huge news broke, and it was uh, it had to do with a subject we always talk about on the show, we have for a long time, and that's Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. And it was a Ka- Kaepernick, well, the NFL settled with, with Kaepernick and Eric Reed on the collusion case. Um, the terms were, of course, undisclosed. Neither side can speak on the terms due to a conf- confidentiality agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've all heard, uh, you know, different numbers have been floating around. I heard, you know, people are just really guessing about uh, what Kaepernick and Reed uh, got from the NFL. But, you know, some people are floating around 60 to $80 million, um, but we really don't know. Uh, I know, Bill, you wrote an article on this uh, a couple of days ago addressing, you know, a, you know, a couple of issues in terms of uh, this Kaepernick settlement. Uh, what, was, what, what was your take? What was your take when you first heard? heard well, I think news? it's still unfolding. I mean, it was. I was actually kind of stunned. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was sort of in the, in the works, um, but that they so. You know, and I guess you're not really surprised because number one, you figure the NFL. Yeah, do they really want all this, all the personal correspondence of 32 owners to be exposed? Not forget just about Kaepernick, about anything. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, do you think, forget that, you know, it's like, well, we were looking for this, but oh, my God, look at this, <laughs> you know. Right. So, so that's what it is. Do they really want that kind of exposure? Um, and then, you know, you're thinking in this climate of blackface, you know, we, we talked about earlier, it's, it's, it's now being revealed all these people and their youth have done that, blackface. Right. How many of those 32 owners or, owner, you know, <laughs> if we dig into that, when, good, you know, let's let point. that stuff start coming up. Let's just end it. And um, I think and I, and I think that Kaepernick probably, you know, they, they had the leverage. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, oh, he couldn't, he couldn't win. Trust me, you know, if the NFL felt they could have crushed him and won, they would not have settled. Right. I just think they just said, you know what? Let, let's let's get rid of. Let's just let, let's just make this go away. Right, and the NFL is notorious for not uh, settling. So right. it, you know, it, there's no way if the NFL thought. And 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 again, this is all uh, opinion and conjecture. But if the you would think that that if the NFL thought that they could go into court and win easily, they, there's no way um, that they that they fork over money. Uh, to Kaepernick and Reed, and and to me, you know, like like I said, the 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 terms we probably will not know for a long time, and unless someone leaks it, and you know there are legal ramifications to that. Um, but even the sixty to eighty million uh, seems like a drop in the bucket for the NFL to me. Well, make. it is. That right. Do the division. Do the yeah. math. Thirty-two owners, sixty. Let's say eight. Let's say, eight, let's say eighty million. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and they say, okay, listen, guys. That's two you know, and a half, could, literally two and a half. Yeah, could you could y'all each per. each kick in two point five and everybody pulls out their wallet? All right, here here's two point five. Yeah, I throw in. You don't have a job right. here. Just pay me back tomorrow when we get right. back to the house. You know that. Right. You know, <laughs> and you know, so really to that extent, it's like if, if that's what's going to cost us, to you know, because we're just getting clobbered. Let's just let it go away. But now, when you say let it go away. The next level is, and I guess I know there's a lot to discuss, but make it go away. Does that mean that he's not coming into camp? Because as soon as he's in anybody's camp, isn't that a constant, won't there be a constant reminder? 
you know, if, 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 if Colin comes into camp, you know, even if he doesn't say anything, even if, it, you know, isn't that a constant reminder of the hypocrisy? No doubt. Mm, that's a great point. That's a you know, I mean, point. I don't know. We, you yeah. know, if you guys are, Jim, you know, you say, well, we want this to go away. Does that mean, you know, we're going to turn around and offer him a tryout? And, you know, in this climate, I mean, I think POTUS 45 will still probably be at the White House. And, we, you know, wherever he goes, Charlotte, you know, anywhere, it could become like a lightning rod. So I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, you know, should he and will he? I think um, that's that's a great. I, okay, I'm gonna answer first, like what the reaction will be if he comes back, and I think they, the, yes, exactly, it, it will still be controversial, and then you also still in the locker room have certain players that never agreed with his stance, never agreed with his philosophy, because remember the NFL has people from all walks of life, mm-hmm. and some some people that you know, have their own views that are similar to POTUS, you know, in general. So, but but I think what it is is that Colin... Except they're surrounded by all these brothers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> unlike him. Yes, and 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 they find a con, you know, and of course you, you uh, when you're when you're in the trenches together, you find right. a compromise. I think if he does come back, I think he would want to prove how great of a quarterback he is, mm. and prove that he still is an effective player in this league. And I can see him doing that for one or two seasons and just walking away. You know, mm. kind of like coming back on the on the Randall Cunningham trajectory. Right, right. When Randall Cunningham came back and won MVP. That I can see uh, that possibly happening and him proving himself. You see, like, I am great and I still can be significant in this league and then walk away. But I think Colin... Of all these we don't want him to get carried away. Okay. I mean, right. literally. No, you know? no, that that's for sure. But um, yeah. but, but but I think what he should do. I've always said he's bigger than football. You know. Oh and, yeah, absolutely. And, he doesn't need football anymore. Yeah, he's bigger than football. He should then what be able to have have a coalition of athletes that are currently playing, mm-hmm. um, and, and create a way to be able to educate in communities, be able to build centers for, for kids to be able to learn about financial literacy and, and about building businesses, things like that. And Collins should focus on, on uplifting, which he has uplifted the community, but, but doing that more in the, in the in trenches, in the grassroots sort of way. And that will show that he's bigger than the league. So I think he should do that and continue to use his name and his platform. But Yeah, I mean, you raise a great point. He's already bigger than the game. He doesn't need at the Super Bowl. I mean, that was that his spirit kind of hovered over the game. Right. You know, and he doesn't need he doesn't need that game anymore. Right. But could you imagine because he has achieved this kind of legendary status, being in any locker room? That almost be like sort of the runaway slave, the big you know the big uh, you know powerful, well respected runaway slave in, in the quarters. Right. And the impact and influence he will have in their locker room well, with young guys who are like, oh man, this is Colin. Right. Man. And could you imagine late night, you know, Kokoro film sessions? He'll show them film, all right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, and that's that's the thing to me. I can't see. I still can't see uh, the owners or teams bringing him in. Um, yeah. They kept they kept him out this long, and then you pay him. You basically have to pay him and Eric Reed in a settlement. So what's so what's the incentive to bring him back now? 
And like you said, it's it, it's even more of a to story. Save, it's to even save more, face. Of, but to save face. So why spend? All, why pay all that money? That's part of saving face, right? Stopping, mm-hmm. stopping the court case, right? We're, we've invested all this money, so now they're gonna say to they're gonna say, oh well, we we had to come out of the pocket this right. much, and, and then now, we're, and then we're, we're still, gonna bring now, we're gonna sign him now. But they're why drop, are you bring but a drop in the bucket, drop in the right. bucket. Why, why are you I agree, bring but <laughs> you know, I mean, the perception is definitely the public perception is definitely that. For the you know for for most uh, rational people, is that the NFL you know somewhat lost this even though you no one really loses in a settlement but the, that's the perception that the NFL had to had to come out of the pocket to some great amount uh, right. because in in order to save face so now they're gonna bring him in yeah exactly that's not saving face I mean I'm Jerry Jones right I'm gonna bring this cat in right you know. And then, like, and, and he's going to radicalize all the, like, you know, the brothers who are, like, neutral. Right. You know, and this cat's going to, oh, like, no. radicalize. You have exactly. a whole, you know. You're going uh, to bring in Kaepernick but <laughs> to be the backup to Dak, and then Dak, you're going to have but Dak acting like a radical? But, but, there's a, but there's reports that the Patriots are <laughs> Dak was a good old good guy. I mean, Dak was mm-hmm. one of the good guys. All of a sudden, this guy like be letting his hair go out. All the, so they'd be so big. Everybody's going to be sporting big afros. <laughs> Last thing they need. But, but there are reports That's that, the you, <laughs> there are reports that the New England Patriots would be interested oh, in Colin Kaepernick. But, but, but Robert come Kraft, on. remember Robert Kraft so? is come involved on. with Van Jones's Reform Alliance. You know, that's Robert Kraft has been doing a lot. So, you know, to be for, for different, uh, for different communities. So that's the thing. He's starting to turn around. Uh, his, you know, his philosophy and being able to contribute to society. So this could be another like step for him to sign Colin Kaepernick and be like, hey, we're with Colin, you know, because remember, he's working with Van Jones and Michael Rubin and, and Jay-Z and all those guys. So but, <clears throat> but at the same point, you know, getting back to you know what we were saying originally, you know, going to Kaepernick's point of view and whether he should come back at all. You know, you got you mentioned Namate, you mentioned. Uh, him, you know, maybe trying to go out on top and playing well, you know, for two years and then stepping out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's easier said than done. I mean, it's football. That means he, he basically have to go to a good team, first of all. Yeah, hey, that's wanna, right. First, play, right. You better go to a, a good team with a, a good offensive team. line. Hey, you can put up numbers. Put up numbers on a, on a team with w- no defense. I mean, I mean he, he, he <laughs> was know? playing. He did but play what if you have a terrible offensive line? He was, you know, he was, yeah. about, he was about, you know, top 15 mm-hmm. quarterback. He, was, he wasn't. But he a can top move. Five guy. But he can move. Mm-hmm. He can be able to scramble and be able to move. Right. And everything, but as soon as he so. throws that interception, you know, you know what people are gonna say. Ooh, that, that, <laughs> don't let, don't ooh, throw that, any pick sixes. <laughs> but that's the thing. But but it, it it's all up to him on whether he wants to put that that mental focus and and his energy into into being the best football player that he can be but he but it's better to put that focus into being the best humanitarian that he can be yeah. the best yeah, yeah. but i mean but it, it doesn't matter it's not like you know when ali came back ali's a boxer and largely it was on him right. i mean ali's ali's um fame and his legend really grew when he came back because not only did they strip him, he came back and had some of the greatest fights in the history of boxing. Right. After he came back, right. you know, uh, 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 Frazier, two and three, mm-hmm. uh, Foreman and Zaire, mm-hmm. uh, Ernie, Sh- you know. But, but he, as a boxer, you kind of control your own fate. You know, it's not like, you know, when Conor comes back, man, the, the, the offensive line could be terrible. Right. His receivers could be mediocre. You know, so... Uh, like I guess they were the in question, San Francisco. Like they were. <laughs> that's right. 
like they were in San Francisco. So I guess the question becomes, is his legacy increased by coming back, or should he basically just say, you know, hold a press conference, or maybe get an offer. Maybe that's the victory. Maybe the victory is for a team to invite him to camp. He comes to camp, and maybe he has a good camp. But then you hold a press conference and say, listen, you know, um, I've, I've thought about this, I've studied, you know, and yes, I've got, I've got tons of, I've got a lot of interest. There was a time that football was one of them. But I've moved past, I realize now I've moved past that. I've got many bigger things to accomplish and blah, 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 blah. I thank you for the opportunity, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. Well, you know, right. that kind of thing. What do y'all think about that? Yeah, I yeah, before yeah, and and being able to and guess what? Will be even great what will be even greater if he wins the starting job. Right. And, <laughs> and then away. and then walk away. And then leaves the team high and dry. What? Who's who who is the backup for Patriots this year? Oh, the backup uh, oh, uh, Brian well, Hoyer. Yeah, Brian yeah. Hoyer. Then he, he mm-hmm. leaves he leaves his team high and dry <laughs> right before game one and they're gonna start Brian Hoyer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But uh it's I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean, I think these next few you know, next couple of months are gonna be really, really compelling right. in terms of you know, A is he gonna say anything? I know his his book is probably gonna come out probably around the summer, I guess. Yes. Uh A is he gonna sign is anybody gonna reach out? Mm-hmm. Will he accept? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what what will that training camp look like? Right. Well one you know? well one interesting thing. You know, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks yeah, will pick that. Knocks. We'll pick that team. HBO's Hard Knocks. Team right. team gotta to, do that. Gotta, to, gotta, gotta team, do it. Gotta do it. The team has to agree. <laughs> you know, so I, do, I doubt that team will agree to that. Whoever you've been in those, you've been in those meetings, right? Uh, great, uh, great idea. Great, great. <laughs> yes, exactly. But uh, but something that can well think about this. Well, Eric Reed is playing. Yeah, he was. He was in. You know, he's he got some money from the NFL. That's right. He won. Yeah. He just he just beat the NFL in the case and, and has a three year contract. Three-year deal with Charles. Million. So, mm-hmm. so that dynamic already exists to some extent. Obviously, Kyle and Kaepernick would be a whole nother level mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. you know, times five. Right. Well, I would love that, to hear those conversations. Exist. Right. So, so Reed, you know, Reed being in the Carolina locker room. I mean, he's gonna. He'll have influence. You know what? He comes out. If he I'm looks not, like a winner right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Definitely. Reed is a winner, and, he, and it's good for him. It's good for both of them because they're gonna get paid, and and good for Eric Reed because he's gonna he's got signs a three year deal plus he's got this kind of security for his family. And then what he did it for Mal- when he went at Malcolm Jenkins, I thought right. that was gonna kind of have a lasting uh, negative effect on him, you know, but it didn't. At all, you know, so. That'd be interesting to hear what uh, Michael Jenkins thinks of all this. Oh, Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm. Okay. Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. That's right. I said, come on, Malcolm, you're not under a gag order, are you? What do you think? <laughs> How much do you think he got? Uh, How much do you think he got, Malcolm? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, in the bottom, man, you got a great logo. Get, reach out to Malcolm Jenkins. Let's get, let's get Malcolm Jenkins on the show. You, you know what? It's the off season, so it'll be easier to do. Absolutely, yeah. I can look into that. Why not? <laughs> Why not? You know, I'd, I'd be curious here. But you know, what about what about to kind of wrap this up? What about um, uh, Kaepernick going to Charlotte? And for, for a practical reason, because you don't know what kind of shape Cam is in. That's right. a yes, and and they have a very good offensive line. 
and yep. and Great also defense. yeah, and, yeah. And, and good young receivers coming up, and a, and a, and a running back, a dynamo running back, and Christian McCaffrey. Right, he has the weapons around him. So if Colin, then does the pressure's be, on him. Be a backup though. Oh no, well if Cam doesn't play, well he's, Cam may not play. I mean, yeah, yes, Cam had a serious. Super, he got Superman he got, ain't playing exactly. So you put Colin in there, but the pressure's on Colin. They better make the playoffs well, with those see, weapons around him. Oh, sure. <laughs> see, and that's that's the whole thing. They're they're just from a purely competitive standpoint, you know, the pressure will be on Colin. But, I mean, you know, he, he, led, he did lead, lead a team to the Super Bowl. Yes. You he know, yes, he, did have, he did have he two and a half Cam good Newton years. He beat on the way there. Remember that? That's right. He beat Cam Newton on the way there to that Super Bowl. Right, and did, exactly. And did his, Super, and he did his Superman dance. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know? That's right. And, and, and Colin, too, almost won the game. What a come, Almost sparked a great comeback after the lights went off in New Orleans. You know, That's after right. Beyonce blew it up, oh, you know, boy. the lights went right out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, I mean, so, so, so Charlotte could be, and they've got new ownership. Right. You know, new ownership. And Charlotte, you know, there's Michael Jordan and, and, and well, you know, um, I know he might be the one lobbying for him not to go. Nah. <laughs> well, Mike, Mike has changed. Mike has changed. Ooh, but, but, ooh, but, man. This just in. Are you guys looking at your... Uh, no, what? Your, uh, Jesse Smollett. Right. The Empire actor who reported that he was attacked last month is now a suspect in the case. Mm. The Chicago police said. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A subject so against a, sub, a suspect against himself. Suspect. <laughs> yeah, and he's the victim. Seriously, he's the victim. <laughs> How can you be the victim and the perpetrator <laughs> the victim the and the suspect? <laughs> You're a victim and the perpetrator. It's kind of like China, 2019. It's kind of like Chinatown. Mother, sister. What did they say at the very end? It's Jack. Jack. But what do you say? It's Chinatown. <laughs> 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 what the hell does that mean? <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, you know, I watched that. I, I watched that a couple last week, uh, <laughs> just so I could get to that last line. That was just such, that was just such a great line. <laughs> oh, that film! Wow. Oh my god! So yeah, so you know, we go from Kaepernick and the, and the high ground to whatever this is, man. Oh, yeah. Jeez. I mean, yeah. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For you, the listeners of the Bill Roden on Sports podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete, by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on sports for your free audiobook. What do you what do you think? I mean, it's now now that it's become a report, I guess, but I was a little weary because, you know, you know, hate crimes against it gets you know gay you know lesbians transgender is is, is a serious thing right mm-hmm. yeah and it's ne- never anything to make light of because that's real and it's happening right. which is I guess why how this is turned or turning is just it could be very unfortunate right, very you know it could be unfortunate so many you know it, it just hurt so many people yeah and I guess what we don't know we'll have to find out is why 
you know, why? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 to, to be honest, I had, when I heard the story originally, I did have, my my questions about it like you know I wasn't 100% sure um if I believed it initially and I, but I had to I felt like I had to tread lightly like I would I was even my wife I'm asked I'm I'm asking my wife well you know do people really carry nooses around like that does this sound like a does this story sound right and she's like oh you don't believe him <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I'm like whoa I'm not saying that I don't know we'll we'll wait and see what happens I believed it you I mean know? I heard it I didn't I really, think you know, where I was I was like you know, I you know, was thinking, wow, that's you know, yeah. in this in this in this climate, and that's what I'm saying. In this climate, yeah, in this climate, the way POTUS 45 has really, um, you know, effectively, you know, um, fomented you know division and hatred and that kind of stuff. You know, I think anything could happen. Right. Yeah. No. Anything. Anything can happen. And you know, I didn't dismiss it completely, but I just felt you know it seemed a little fantastic. To me, that's mm-hmm. that's all you know from from the from the very start, and you know, you, obviously, you don't. It, I mean, you know, it took me back to like kind of the Tawana Brawley situation for those old enough to remember that in, right. in New York City, right. and I definitely believe Tawana Brawley. All <clears throat> you know that that was even a more believable uh, scenario, right? That she, right, that and that had. turned out to be the, a huge, yeah. right. a huge hope. Yeah. So and so so these type of things happen. And I understand, you know, the other dynamic of it is, you know, people who, 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 you know, are dismayed at where we are as a country now and, and with, you know, POTUS 45 and, you know, MAGA and all this stuff, you know, we kind of, it's, you, you become, it becomes a situation where, you know, no, you know, you have to, you have, you, you kind of don't want these things not to be true or you take it as a personal uh, loss when when someone when there when there may be someone you know an outlier who who makes up a story or whatever you know but it doesn't discount that you know there are plenty of real stories out there yeah and this right. stuff is this stuff really is happening I don't think you know it's not it's not like a I don't think I'm not taking it as a personal loss if this story turns out not to be true it's just one guy you know for whatever reason he you know he. He he made up a story that wasn't true, but it doesn't discount like, everything real that's happening. It's out still here. yeah, still we don't have the um, the the finalities and, the, and the, the end results haven't come out yet. That's so true. which I still, think you're right about. You know that, I mean, that that's the thing. Yeah. We still still have to look into that. But I think what what happened was you know as we all know he received a hate letter on the set of Empire and he was upset that it didn't. No one really cared about it. It didn't get enough outrage. But I felt that if uh, if he did that, if he staged this entire um, cir- situation and, and unfortunate circumstance, if he staged it, that obviously isn't the right, right way to go about it. He should have then really come out and talked about that hate letter, showed that hate letter, and then tried to like preach about you know about hatred racial hatred uh, uh gender hatred um also of course you know like a l you know being against the lgbt and everything like that so and preach that and really be a spokesman for that that would have been the better way to go about it oh, yeah. if he if he ultimately if it's ultimately found out that he right. staged this incident i mean there's no if it's staged there's no excuse mm-hmm. but my thing is also something happened right because he you know, his face was beat up. He had like a black eye. So there is some yeah. swollen lip. And yeah, everything. swollen lip. There's a story behind this, and and like we everybody's saying, we don't really, we still we don't, don't know, know we still don't know the the real story. Right. But it is troubling that that 
you know, at least for me personally, because like I said, I I did have questions about the story to begin with, just from from what I the little I had heard, really. Um, mm-hmm. And it is troubling that now he's being treated as a suspect. There was some other big news today uh, on the sports front uh, that popped on my screen. I forget when it was a few hours ago, but uh, Le'Veon Bell will be an unrestricted free agent this summer. That that's definitely a win for Le'Veon. Uh, the Steelers announced that they will not franchise tag him. Uh, clearing the way for free agency. If you remember, Bell sat out all of last season, and of course, many people criticized him for being selfish and dumb because he gave up, he gave away all that money. Uh, he refused to sign a fourteen point five million dollar franchise tag last season. Uh, bet on himself in terms of in free agency, <clears throat> sat out, didn't play a game, and now he actually gets his free agency. What do you think, Bill? That's a win. Mm-hmm. Now, now. We could debate. We could debate about. Um, we could debate about um, whether Colin was a win or not. Though I think we all agree that was a win. But this was definitely a win. You know, he he held his ground. You know, he knows his value. Yes. He also knows that running backs are perceived as being a dime a dozen. Right. He held out, and uh, he's got his freedom. In fact, it's so funny, man. He tweeted. He tweeted out. He tweeted. He quoted Dr. King. He tweeted out. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Oh, this brother must be ecstatic. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, you know what else he knows is he knows uh, your book, Forty Million Dollar Slaves, who his agent, uh, the undefeated Jesse Washington, wrote an article about Bell's mm-hmm. agent, Adisa right. Bakari, in October, and Bakari said he gives a copy of your book, Forty Million Dollar Slaves, to every rookie who signs with his agency. Mm-hmm. And he, he was quoted as saying, one of the things we try to, to instill in our clients from the very beginning is understanding their value on and off the field, understanding mm. your worth, yeah. understanding your value, and being unapologetic about pursuing it. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like Le'Veon is, is following, you know, that, that mantra in terms of, you know, you, know, val- you know, understanding his own value, being willing to take the chance in terms of sitting out and not taking that $14.5 million. I mean, he got so much criticism from, mm-hmm. from people who, do, who don't make anywhere near that type of money and you know, have no real idea you know, what that is. He got so much criticism about not, you know, how dare you leave that on the table? Um, how are you ever going to make it back? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he bet on himself. He knows his value, and we'll see, we'll see exactly what he makes back. And- and he did uh, the great. I think he was very strategic about this because he's 27 years old. He just turned 27 earlier this month, and he this is his prime years now. And he's had a lot. He's had some mileage, you know, playing and stuff. It's still, he's in his prime. But this was strategic from the standpoint of him. Like now, he's fresh. You know, he's yeah. fresh for a, you know after resting a year, and and he's fresh and he's going to make a lot of money because. Still, he's in the prime of his career. He hasn't had any major or significant injuries. And I love that, you know, I love by him sticking to his guns. It was important because especially remember what happened with Earl Thomas. Yeah, Earl oh, Thomas. Yeah, and what happened to him? They cut him. It, you know, well, Earl's uh, a free agent. Him, so, they, yeah, but basically they're not going to resign him, you know. They're not going to resign him. And Le'Veon Bell said in his tweet, quoting him, and this was around this around October 1st, he said, SMH, exactly, get right, bro, bro, at Earl. Mm-hmm. I'll continue to be the bad guy for all of us. Right. And all yeah. is, was in caps, you know. Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm. that, that right there made his mission and made his, uh, you know, made his philosophy 
augment more on what he's all about. And now he's he's still going to get a major deal from a team. And um, and it's I think it's great for him to stick to his guns, and he's going to be fresh going into the 2019 season. Right. And that, that's such an important thing. You know that, that song by Leon Thomas? Uh, he says, uh, the creator has a master plan. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no. Song for my father. And, and, and when, he, when he sings, uh, he talks about his father. Um, he knew the real treasure in life. And so I'm like, I forget the lines that um, each man knew his worth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's such an important thing to know your value. Right. And that's one thing in sports. It's so funny, and that's kind of what the whole NCAA tries to do with you know the Power Five conferences, where all these brothers making all this money for them. Right. At one level, they pump them, but then they try to get them to say they have no value. Right. right. You, you know exactly. that we, you don't have enough value for us to pay you, and I think that and that follows up in the NFL, particularly. You know when you know Le'Veon is they want him to just run and run and run and grind him up, and just like with Earl Thomas. What do they do? I mean, as soon as he got hurt, he becomes expendable. Right. Yes. You know, so I think I think that idea of really knowing your value, and I think that's what we're probably seeing across the board in all sports, and particularly with young black athletes, is like knowing that, you know what, these leagues, just like the country, these leagues are built on our backs. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the ones who are responsible for this. Right. You know, and I, and I think if they would look around, there's another podcast. But I think, you know, I mean, I think this that's just to put it, that's just so, I'm so happy for Brian. And right. I thought it would be great if he, he, he and A.B. end up in, like, Denver. <laughs> or the Jets. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> I don't know. That could be. But this Le'Veon Bell story was has always been huge to me. I think I think it's it hasn't even gotten the attention that I think it really truly deserves just on just based on what we've talked about. I mean this is this is to me monumental. I mean it's almost like it is almost in some ways a a Kaepernick type of moment in terms of yeah. the NFL itself. You're right, no you're right. It's huge that he was willing to he I mean turning down the 14.5 million and sitting out the entire season was yep. unheard of. No yep. one even thought no one even thought at all that he was gonna that he would successfully do it that he would stay out all season. Everybody was right. like, "Oh, he'll be back week four. Oh, he'll be back back right. week eight. Oh, he'll definitely be back by right. week ten because that's right. when that's the last time he can get that's, his four right. million. He's got to come back. Oh, he's got to. What, oh, how do, does he have any money left? <laughs> oh my right. God, he's eating McDonald's every night. That's right. You know, so it was like mm-hmm. it was like it was unheard of for him to do it. He showed that you know obviously he has money saved. Um, you know, what if he would have? What if he would have picked up that that money? He would have signed the contract, and then you know had a had a career ending knee injury. That, and you know, that, if that you're season. running back, right? It's not it's not if it's, right. it's when. when when right. And because what happened to the guy they talk about James Conner? Right? Oh wow, right. Conner, and it kind of goes down. <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, yeah. So I mean, especially in football, it was a shrewd, it was a shrewd decision. He, he made the right decision. There's no, I don't think there's any doubt in anybody's mind that he's going to get paid uh, this free agency period. Oh, because again, I forget, I don't know how old he is, but he's 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 27, right. as Nabate said. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 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 like you say, he's fresh. Right. And there are teams, man, and also you know, and the way the NFL is now, it's not you know you, you the running backs are, you know, are going to play all over. The They're going to play so many different places. They're going to be the slot like. I think what's the name show Edelman. 
Right. People looking at it and say, wait a minute, what happens if we put like a real athletic guy oh. in that slot? And he's already been a dual threat. Yeah, I mean, he was the best. He was the best uh, receiver out of the backfield that we had in the league that the NFL had. Yes, in the league, uh, we know what he could do. You know, on the ground. I mean, he was. You know, he knew his worth. You know, he yep. he was he's the he was the number one back coming into this season. He, you know, if you look, if you played fantasy football, mm-hmm. he was the he was the consensus number one pick. And and James Conner had had a nice uh, start to the season, and they were oh a lot of the Steeler teammates said, oh James Conner, you know we you know we 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 haven't missed the beat. But then James Conner faded as the That's season right. went on. Where Le'Veon That's Bell right. gets stronger as That's the season right. goes on. So that was that was the difference right there. Um, in, in James Conner. And, and I think his story, though, you know, coming back from cancer and everything, that really, you know, invigorates people and makes people support him. But at the end of the day, Le'Veon Bell is a better player at the end of the day, period. No, no and the Steelers needed him. The Steelers faded. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and now without Le'Veon and without A.B., mm. you know, let's see what Big Ben, let's see what Big Ben, who's been getting a, a huge pass through this whole thing. Right. You know, now let's see, I'm just a little... I don't know. How do you think this is going to, going to affect uh, uh, Tomlin? We, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, Tom's, Tom is a good coach. I mean, he can put together – I think he can put together a playoff team, uh, you know, with, with whoever he has, really. But are they going to be Super Bowl contenders? That's, that's the right. question. Right, right, right. So we'll, see. well, good. So I, think, so I think the four major people to watch, who are the most four fascinating people will figure out where, they're gonna, where are they going to land? In baseball, Harper. Mm-hmm. In basketball, I'd say Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And football, the two. Right, the two uh, Steelers. A.B. and uh, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. I mean, there was, a, you know, with the two Steelers, Bell and Antonio Brown, uh, I mean, arguably they were the best skill position players at their positions, you know, on one team. And they're both going to be gone uh, to other teams. Both, are, both will... Uh, We'll have new new beginnings somewhere else, so it should be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Another, I want to switch uh, topics here and, and, and talk a little college basketball. Tonight, we have one of the best uh, rivalries in sports, uh, and definitely the best rivalry in, in college basketball. Uh, tonight being Wednesday evening, as we're recording from uh, Manhattan, and Bill's again in an undisclosed location. But uh, Duke, UNC, uh, like I said, always one of the biggest games of the year, and it's 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 a it's going to be huge again tonight. Uh, right. Both teams are in the top ten. It's the toughest ticket this game has ever been, according to the Sporting News. Vivid, which is a which is a ticket app, sold a ticket for tonight's game for ten thousand six hundred fifty-two dollars. One ticket for ten thousand six hundred fifty-two dollars. That's the most ex- that that's the most expensive ticket ever. Uh, in this rivalry, uh, you compare it to last year's game where the most expensive ticket was $5,400. And as of Tuesday, the cheapest ticket available for, for tonight, Wednesday night's game, was $2,990. That's the cheapest ticket available. And there's only one reason for that, and his name is Zion Williamson. Okay, people all season. Also, Duke, they're a good team. The Duke overall team, they're, you know, they, they got, but they've had good teams. Know, yeah, well, they've yeah. had good teams. They, you know, they 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 won the national championship with Jaleel Okafor and, yeah, and but, the two but other guys. They have three the three top picks right. in the draft. But there's no That's what I'm there's saying. no question who the who the draw. Oh yeah, he, he's there's he's, no question. But it's not all. he's not the only reason. But he is, he's the well, main what's reason. What's the, what's the, when he when when number two when they came number two. 
uh, R.J. Barrett is number. Is number no, two. just the whole team in general. Just like you yeah, know, I'm the just, whole team but, in general. But there's no question that when they when they came to when they came to uh, Madison Square Garden earlier this year to play Texas Tech, uh, there was a buzz in the building similar to as if LeBron was in the building. I mean, you have little kids screaming Zion, Zion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. And you know Jay Z has been to see him at in you know at Virginia. Uh, LeBron has been to see them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody, you know Zion. Zion comes up. He came up all during All Star Weekend. People were asking Steph uh, Curry about his feelings about Zion. They were right, asking. Right. They've asked LeBron. Um, so it's no question that this guy and wherever he goes and for and wherever he goes number one, mm-hmm. they're going to be suddenly a draw. Mm-hmm. Like right. let's, you know, wherever he goes, he goes to Cleveland. Oh, they're gonna be very happy. Oh yeah, no doubt. But I'm just you saying, know? I'm no. just saying the, the entire team, team is that's very, true. And, and I'm saying you've never seen you're, you're in the history the of the program, NBA. Right? Oh no, 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 no. The Zion's the number one reason. Don't yeah, get me wrong. There's no. Question. But I'm saying, but but they just a good the, team. But you have like four potential lottery picks and three players we, in the team. One, two, and three. Right. We've, we've never seen that. I before. mean, we'll we'll see if they end up one, two. They're definitely one, two. You know, we'll see where Reddish goes in oh, terms he's, of he's, you know, his he's, he's definitely a, he's definitely a lottery pick, no question about it. Yeah, top five. Um, so, I mean, but it just brings us to the amount of money being made on these, you know, at the you know from these college mm-hmm. games, especially when you know it's driven by you know one player in particular who could you know who, and who's not going to see he's, he's not going to see any money uh, from from this year from what he what he's created uh-huh. this year. You know, for for the NCAA, so it just it, it, you have to think about, you know, the unjust enrichment that the NCAA and Duke gets from from this guy's presence and the team in general, but in particular Zion Williamson. But, but let me ask you this: all that's good, right? But these guys are willing participants in this, True. right? They go into their eyes open. You know, knowing that, I mean, if, if he was that, he could have gone to China. Right. He could have played overseas. He said, you know what? That's true. I don't really need this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go overseas as other guys Or the done. Spanish League. The Spanish League. Which yeah, is whatever. League. He'd go to China. Yeah. He'd go to Spanish. He'd go to Italy and say, you know what? Rather than enrich Duke or that kind of stuff, I'm going to make some money. You know, but no, he volunteered for this. He knew for, precisely for this reason. Right. You know, the, the, these kind of nights. You know, mm-hmm. so and he'll tell I, you that everything. Yeah, I can see what you're saying is true, but these guys are voluntary participants, right, in this enterprise. Yes, and and I think this is exactly why I'm glad that the one and done is going to be eliminated. It looks like um, the NBA is going to be open to having high school kids. Uh, going straight to the pros once again. And this is why this needs to happen uh, because these uh, these kids need to make money as, you know, out of high school, be able to make the money and, and be able to know value, their worth is value. They know their worth, you know, um, because Zion's not seeing any of this money. Um, and, and of course, now, if, if it's a situation where Zion, we have a Zion Williamson three years, four years later, he gets to go right to the pros and be able to, to get a million, get $7 million per season for the next five years, you know? So that, yeah. that's what it's all about. And that's why I'm glad the high school kids will get an opportunity to go to the pros. Except, you know, well, I, I think now because the, the, the minor league, yes, the NBA's the minor league is forming in a way that it had not formed before. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of these kids who are thinking they're going to the league are going to end up doing a lot of time 
in G leagues, and and they get paid like they still get paid their rookie salary, their their well, the NBA salary. You the ones, well, dra- right. yeah, the first rounders, right. right? Yeah, they get their guaranteed contract, and also the G League is going to help them with their education. That's what they talked about as well, being able to give them opportunities to be able to continue their education. Well, that'd be amazing. I hope so. You know, I mean, I haven't done the research, but I wonder how many guys like 25, 26, 20, you know, twenty six years old are still floundering around. You know, with, you know, one year of college, maybe two. Right, a lot. No degree. You know, now, you're right. If, if the university, and I think it has to be universal, that they all have to say, if we recruit you, you've got a lifetime, you know, lifetime opportunity to get your degree from this institution. Right, I agree. So even if you're floundering around and you're 26 or whatever, when you finally decide to call it quits, you come back and get your degree. You know, and I don't know about, you know, it, it, to me, otherwise, it's just uh, an exploitative, exploitative situation and just another, it's another version of it, right. you know. Right, and it, you it, know? And that, it is exploitative, um, and, and, it's, and it will always be under anything close to the, to, the, to the way it's currently being run. So, and the interesting thing with Zion, you, you know, you mentioned, you know, if he was, if, if there was no one and done, uh, you know, he could go straight to league. He did. He did say on the record many, you know, a few times this year that even if, and this is hypothetical, so it's easy to say now. But he's, <laughs> right. But he says, you know, if even if I were allowed to go to the pros, I would have come to college for a year because this is what I wanted to experience. But well, if, if one and done, ah, if one and done was around, and they put and they start waving those millions of dollars in your face, it's a little. It's probably a little tougher to say that. And this, right, because you're, you've been fortunate because you haven't hurt yourself. Right. Right. Right, and they're starting in the summer of 2019, the G League, and paying elite prospects um, $125,000 and continuing their education if they join the G League as an alternative to going to college. Going right. to college. But a and lot of they, these kids are going to wait until they can get to the NBA, you know, and get right. the NBA contract. Right, and then, right. They, you know, and, then, so. and, you know, we talk about college. There are some perks uh, to going to college. You know, they, they fly charter. Uh, you know what I mean? They fly pri- private, private. And you socialize with people your age. You're on you ESPN know? every every night. You can meet your future accountant, future lawyer yeah. that, right. that yeah. want to be around you because you're right. Zion Williamson. They're like, wow, I can't wait so so I can be your lawyer when I'm 25, 26. And, and they build those relationships. Right. And yeah. Right. So. But I guess the reporting, the reporting that we have to do is, you know, over the next few years, Zion Williams is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The kid uh, last year, Bagley, was going to be okay. Um, right. The kid in Chicago. Right. You know, these guys, but the other ones, mm-hmm. kids who were never much on school or education in the first place. Right. And said, you know what? Making 125000 or 80000 or whatever, let me just jump at that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that could be the beginning of the end, you know. Right. And that's the yeah. argument that that many people make, you know. You know, even though uh, college is is no question uh, getting over on these kids financially and and reaping the benefits, it does get the kid in school and get them in that environment, and they have a better chance of of gaining education than they would if they didn't even if they never stepped foot on campus. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there, you know, there is that argument. Well, see, I don't believe that. What I think would happen or should happen. And I've always thought this, I mean, like 10, 15 years ago, is that you, you take a kid from a high school, and in that high school, there are probably a lot of worthy students who just cannot afford to go to college, to go to, to, go to 
that college, to go to any of those Power Five colleges. Right. So I would give a worthy student, say, listen, Zion may be out of here in one year, but you've got a four-year scholarship. You know, you'll, you'll take his place, essentially. <laughs> then a lot of schools are like, well, you know, Zion, I don't know. You know, I mean, but that could be a condition on which Zion goes to do. He said, listen, there's so-and-so and so-and-so, my niece or my sister or whatever, who's at this so-and-so. You know, I'm probably one and done. But she deserves a four-year ride at Duke. As long as she's academically eligible, you know, and that kind of stuff. That's the best way to parlay it. The best way, yes. You know, because then Zion could go knowing that he has paved the way for somebody else. Right now, Duke says, you know, we get we get everything. This guy's made us money. We ain't got to really spend any money educating his ass, you know, and we don't have to give him the most valuable thing we got is a Duke degree. We give him nothing. We get all profit. All we get profit. all profit. You know, now, if there was his niece or a good friend that was at some public school, and where is Zion from? It's South, South Carolina. Carolina, Spartanburg. Mm-hmm. So let's say there's some, I'm sure there's some bright young person at some school in Spartanburg who would love to go to Duke, would probably have to, if she, if she could get in or he could get in, would have to, like, mortgage there, get all kinds of loans up the kazoo. Right. But this person goes to Duke for four years. You know, it's kind of like what they used to do in the Civil War or World War One. The rich people would pay, they'd pay a poor person to go serve in the war for them. Right, right, right. You know? Right. Trump tried that, I think. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, with all the money that Zion is making Duke this year, he could probably get, they should put like 200 kids in yeah. school. And he can have he can have that go, going on and set that up, and a lot of other athletes, future yep. athletes, can do that. You see, setting the trend, and once again, knowing your worth and paying it forward. Yep. No sure. others. Yep. Right. I think we ought. I think we ought to hammer home. I think we ought to really start that. We ought to, you know, bring that up. That should be what top recruited kids do. So we have no problem with you going one done, but open the door for somebody worthy either in your school or in your community. No, that's a great idea. Well, all right. Uh, we've, 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 uh, we've discussed some heavy topics here today. Um, we're about ready to get out of here. What else? Did I, did I forget anything? We got any other, any other big news? Any other breaking news well, that I missed? Well, I mean, I, listen, man, after we get finished, Jesse Small, I, mean, I don't know how you can top that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like, What? <laughs> so again, we're, we're at we're at we're at the end of uh, of today's podcast. Uh, we will um, we we have to uh, we have to go to our our last segment that we we started a couple weeks ago, and it was it was what made our stomachs turn. Um, but we might just turn it into a final thought. We, like like we said last time, we're still and and we'll take advice. We'll take uh, suggestions too. If any of us want to, any of you guys want to hit us up at Bros Pod on Twitter and let us know what, what we should call our final segment. Uh, we need the help, obviously, because it's been two weeks and we still don't have the, the title. But um, yeah, but, final yeah. thoughts. My final thought is um, I think the generalization of the current state of the New York Knicks, these, a lot of these so-called Nick fans or, or media out there is continuing to, to criticize what the Knicks are all about. Okay, 
they they've had some struggles over the past uh, few years, two decades basically. Only have won one playoff series since two thousand, since two thousand. So it's been twenty years. Uh, but they've had instances where they've had good leadership that has been driven away. Uh, you've had Donnie Walsh that was driven away. Uh, you, you know, in general, you had like good. Oh, Glenn Gunwall too, kind of driven away. You know, like you've had instances where the Knicks have had good leadership and good progress. But now they are tremendous in a tremendous position. And I think Scott Perry, Steve Mills finally um, being involved in basketball-related operations, Craig Robinson, David Fisdale, that group is really at a high level, and they've done a tremendous job. And people need to look at them, not just the history of the Knicks over the past 20 years, but look at what they are doing. Jim Dolan has given them the keys. Jim Dolan has said he's admitted that we are rebuilding. Jim Dolan has le- is letting them do their jobs, just like he let Phil Jackson do his job. And, of course, Phil Jackson uh, set himself up for failure, definitely. But those gentlemen, what they've done, tremendous draft in drafting Kevin Knox in the first round, Mitchell Robinson in the second round. These are two guys that are potential starters in the league, and they're starting right now in the league. Also, you have Alonzo Trier that they discovered, undrafted rookie from Arizona. They discovered him, and they signed him to a contract. Also, as well, they were able to clear cap room and be able to trade Kristaps uh, uh, Porzingis, who was not interested in being with the team, able to trade him, parlay that to get a young player that Phil Jackson should have drafted in Dennis Smith Jr., as well as clearing cap room in acquiring aspiring contracts of DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews to clear cap room for them to be able to sign two max free agents. Now, the negativity comes saying that who wants to play with New York? Who wants to sign with New York? But Scott Perry has a great reputation around the NBA with a lot of the players currently there, including Kevin Durant, who was he served as like a mentor to KD when KD was a rookie in Seattle and Scott Perry was an executive with the front office. So please, I would say don't judge the overall history of an organization or a person or a team. Judge what that what's going on right now. And that's the key. And judge what Scott Perry has been doing. And he's been doing an excellent job along with Steve Mills, Craig Robinson, and David Fisdale. Because those kids are still playing hard for him. They're just outgunned and overmatched right now. But they have an opportunity to sign two max free agents. And if they don't sign two max free agents, they could be able to still bring talent in and be able to sign talent to shorter contracts. So please, like, they have the flexibility with their salary cap. They have everything that needs to be put in place for them to succeed. So wait and see what they do before you judge them based on uh, the history of an organization, especially the last two decades. That was for you. Abate, that was for good you. luck. <laughs> my, my, final, my, my final thought is just congratulating Manny uh, Machado. Um, he, you know, uh, Chicago... They, they, you know, the San Diego Padres uh, outmaneuvered and outbid Machado. Uh, I know a lot of Chicago White Sox fans are jumping off, uh, jumping into the Chicago River. Uh, but congratulations to Manny Machado. He signs a a ten year deal worth three hundred million, guaranteed. Mm. Ten year, three hundred million. Uh, congratulations. I mean, we talk about Zion and 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 guys who should be getting stuff. Uh, Machado got what he deserved. You know, he, he, he um, and I know a lot of his peers, a lot of his colleagues are throwing parades for him. So, 
you know, athletes make this whole thing run. So congratulations, Manny. Uh, you know, hope hope you you know hope you perform up to the the, uh, the contract. But <laughs> job well done. I hear you. I hear that. That's that's true. I don't know why those baseball teams still give out those huge contracts. It's crazy. And he has a five year option. After five years, he can opt out. Yeah, mm-hmm. he can opt out so he can get more money. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, my my final thought. I'm going to go back to basketball. Um, along the lines of Nabate, and I'm, I'm going to go to the other team in New York, uh, the Brooklyn Nets. And I'm wondering why can't the Nets get in, get some free agent love, free agency love? Um, all this talk about the big names, Kyrie, uh, Kevin Durant, and that you know they want to come to New York and they want to go to the Knicks, which is fine. I grew up a Knicks fan, that's great. I but there's no you know despite Nabate's brilliant. Uh, final thought <laughs> there you know they haven't been in the past the best organization and then on the other side of town you got Brooklyn who 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 has turned things around they did it with with little with no uh picks hardly any first round picks and hardly any cap space to start and they slowly turned it around to where they're a playoff team this year uh Sean Marks uh the GM has done an incredible job Kenny Atkinson the coach is also, got to be up for you. Got to be up for Coach of the Year candidate this year. Um, so they have some good things going on. They too have cap space. They have they have at least room. They have room for at least one uh, max free agent, maybe two if they cleared some space. Uh, so I'm just wondering why it is we don't hear of any rumors that the Nets might get somebody big. I mean, you're still you're, you're in Brooklyn, which would be I think the, the third largest city in the country if it were a city and not a borough. Um, you're, you know, you're right across, you know, if you, you could be in Brooklyn and, you know, you'd be in Manhattan in 10 minutes, you know, you're still in a great place to be. If the Nets ever took off, uh, they, they could be the Kings of New York. So I think, uh, you know, players out there, if you're listening, Brooklyn is a great place to live. I'm born and raised, um, you know, prices, prices already going up, gentrification all over the place. Um, you're, you'll be safe now. Come to Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah. My brother, it's the same reason why people in Manhattan, when there's a party, say, oh, man, I got to go to Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it, isn't, it isn't bed style do or die anymore. It's no, like, there's no die anymore. Well, there, no die. There, are, there are parts. There do. Are parts. <laughs> do. All right. Well done. All right, guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. We're out of here. We'll be back again next week uh, with whatever's new in, in the sports world. I'm sure there'll be something. As always, check us out on Twitter at Bros Pod. Check me out at Black Etologist. Check Nabate out at at N A B A T E I S L E S S M T A. Nabate Owls S M T A. And of course, and I'm on Twitter at W C Roden. There we go. Soon, soon to be on Instagram. Yes, you're actually on Instagram as as I'm I'm on Instagram. Soon to be using it. Now my daughter, my daughter is getting this. Go do an internship this summer with Instagram. Okay, so nice. I'm very excited to get into the Instagram universe. Yes, Great. very nice. They're, they're doing it. Check us out at Bros Pod on Instagram. Also, uh, we, we we have a lot of content. Right. Nabate put all kinds of stuff up uh, from the All Star Weekend and NSI dot Universal yes. is my Instagram page. Yes, and check me out on Instagram at Blackatologist. Also, where can we hear, where can we hear you playing this week yes. or next week? Oh, yes, yes. Um, well, Eclectic Excursions, my album is out on all digital musical platforms. Check that uh, out. So check that out. And also, my next gig as a leader will be uh, March sixteenth in Philadelphia Saturday at the Clef Club of Jazz and Performing Arts in Philadelphia. I'll be leading my band there. 
Uh, so come check it out. And it's uh, sponsored by PNC Bank. It's a cultural series. So looking forward to that. March 16th and then April 5th in New York at the Blue Note. Okay. I'll be right. playing there late night. Okay. So. All right. Sounds good. Love when it. you're in Philly, just don't dress up as, as Santa Claus. You'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, true that. <laughs> true that, that. Right. <laughs> so, all right, guys. We will, we will see you soon. Uh, have a great week and weekend. And we will catch up with you next week. All right. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.